Blog Talk Radio.
friend of sinners. We have strayed so far away. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the Lord's Hour. I am excited to be with you here tonight. Uh, been busy, been on vacation. Uh, the, the, the 26th, I got back, and um, I work nights. Right now, I'm on nights, uh, but I'm I'm in between. I, I go for my last interview uh, for this job that I've been wanting to get for a long time now, and I praise I praise Yahuwah because it looks like I'm going to get it. So Monday is my last interview. And I believe I will not be on nights anymore, so I will be able to be here on a regular basis. So thank you for joining us tonight. I have a great show for you tonight, uh, some great revel- revelatory information that the Father has shared with me and communications that I have received and I'm on here to share it with you, and I hope it will uplift you. I hope it will empower you, and I hope it will, it will equip you uh, for these times that we are living in. Um, and before we get into that, just like always, I'd like to, pray, I'd like to praise and worship our Lord and Savior, Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, because that's how we get into his presence we enter into thanksgiving, we enter in through the gates, to the courtyard, through thanksgiving, praise, and then we get into the uh, Holy of Holies through worshiping, praising the Lord in spirit and in truth, brothers and sisters. And actually, in my prayer closet, that's how I get into his presence uh, faster and wholeheartedly. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing when the music it involves your body, mind, spirit, soul. Your whole being gets involved. Your whole being worships the Lord, and he loves that. And I love it that he loves it. So let's go ahead and enter into praise and worship tonight. I believe I got some good songs for you tonight. Um, I'm actually going to switch it here. Let me switch uh, hardware here. I'm, it looks like I'm getting... Uh, connection um, network problems with the phone. Let's see what the other machine gives me here. You know, sometimes uh, the atmosphere, the print of the power in the air. Oh, yeah, I see it here too. Wow, it's just, you know, it, it never fails. Let's, let's just go ahead and pray. Yahuwah Mashiach. Lord, we come before you tonight. Yahavah, Yahuwah Sabaot, Yahuwah Mecharashachem, Yahuwah Sabaot. Bind up the spirit of Boise. Bind up the spirit of Boise right now. Bind up the spirit of electronics. Bind up the spirit that's trying to uh, affect your message from going out clearly, Lord. By the power of Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh, the power of Yahavah Sabaoth. I bind up any enemy or wicked device coming against us tonight. I bind them up right now by the, by the blood of the Lamb. And I loose your Zadig Malakim. I loose the angels. I loose your Numas. I loose. 
your warring angels to bind them up. I loose them all around us and all around the Kodeshim, all around my brothers and sisters tonight. I loose your presence, Yahushua Mashiach. Okay, we'll go ahead with this then. Praise you, Lord. I love you. Oh, thank you. Okay, let's get ready to, to, to sing and dance for the Lord.
Yo 
Hallelujah, King Jesus, King Yahushua, King Yahushua, Mashiach, Wakagodesh. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is not a religion, folks. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. This is a relationship. And the more time you spend in your prayer time, the more time you take out of your day to share with him, the more you will see this relationship grow. The more time you share with him, the more you will see things around you change and shift. And the atmosphere shift and the heavens open up more and more. That's what happens. That's what happens, brothers and sisters. He shed his blood. No no longer does there need to be a sacrifice for bloodshed. No longer does there need to shed any blood. Because he shed his blood for you, for me. For the remission of sins, for what was ha- for what happened in the garden. No more shedding of blood. All these other religions, the Illuminati, the the uh, the ritual sacrifices, the Satanists gotta shed blood. Islam's gotta shed blood. They all gotta shed blood. We don't have to shed any blood. Because our Savior, our Yahushua, has shed his blood, the ultimate blood. He came down off his throne to be the ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins, for the sins of the world. 
what a wonderful Savior we have. And all that he and all that he asks is that you just share some time with him. All he asks is that you share some time with him. All he asks is that you sing a couple songs to him and praise him and thank him. That's all that he asks. Oh, what a what a wonderful relationship this is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Yahushua Mashiach. Oh, I love you so much. I love you, Ruach HaGodesh, my friend. I love you. I don't know where I'd be without you. Thank you for all your precious gifts. Thank you for this time that you've that you've given me to share with my brothers and sisters about this relationship. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on here and share what you have shown me and what this relationship means and what what you do and how you show us and how you speak to us. Thank you for allowing me to share this with my brothers and sisters with Kodashim. Thank you. Use me now to get this message across clearly, crystal clear. Use me now. Anoint my tongue now. Anoint this vessel now to speak your word, to speak to the hearts and minds of my brothers and sisters, to let your word go forth into this world through this blog talk radio through the Lord's hour. Oh, Father, give give a fresh anointing to Brother Elvie. Give, give, multiply your presence. Multiply your blessings. Multiply your provisions. Bring abundance to Brother Elvie, to the Lord's hour. Lord, Father, bring restoration. Bring restoration, Lord. Bring restoration, Yahuwah. In Yahushua's name, bring restoration to the Zabada household. Bring restoration to all the listeners. Bring restoration. Bring restoration to those that have, to the sheep that have gone astray. Bring restoration. Bring restoration to this land that has been defiled. Bring restoration, Lord. I understand that your time, that your your seasons have to happen. I understand that your your timeline has to occur. But wherever it can happen, bring restoration. I love you and I thank you. I love you for this time, Yahushua. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, years ago I was in my prayer closet and I asked I asked the presence that came, the Holy Spirit, the the fire, the light, the heat that that visited me, I, I he told me to ask him, and I and I asked him to show me more. I asked him to tell me the truth, and it took me down a long path, a scary path, where I walked and rubbed elbows with Luciferian masons, and and I was told many things, uh, and I was told many deceptions, and the enemy was trying to bring me deeper into the occult. And at the same time, I knew that 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 Ruach Hagodesh. I knew that our our Savior. I knew that our Creator had taken me down this path to show me things, to show me what's happening in the world. However, there were many bumps in the road. There were many 
times where I had thought that the deceptions were very overwhelming and and uh and the things that I saw were were quite profound and and they told me many things about the bible and and what they did and how they did it and i i went to the i went to my savior i went to yahushua mashiach and i asked them to show me what is the truth to show me what i need to know and what i need to learn so i can be a powerful weapon of his so i can be used by him because the deceptions are so great in this time that only anointed truth, only anointed um, presence, only by by His power can it can it cut and to divide and to break through into the 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 bone and the marrow to the dividing asunder, so it can reach people's hearts. The veil is thick. The fluoride is flowing strong. So he has to bring down more power, more anointing. Because people that don't know these things, people that don't have a close relationship, people that see religion as traditions and man's doctrines don't understand. And somehow, some way, we got to get through that. Somehow, some way. So he took me down this path, and I had to learn many things, and I'm still learning to this day. However, it's just getting beautiful and more beautiful every day. Every day, the path is getting clearer every day. The people around me, I see them changing. I see change. I see people wanting to know more. There's more questions being asked. Our Creator is a beautiful being. He's so faithful, he's so humble, he's so gentle, he's such a gentleman. No waters in a garment. Who established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? What's his son's name, if you know it? In the Babylonian Talmud, Tract Abuda Zara, Chapter 1, Page 1, a lesson is taught by the rabbi. This is what they teach. He was burned, his wife killed, and his daughter to be taken to the house of the prostitutes because he used to express the name Yahuwah and not Adonai as it is to be read instead. Because he used the name Yahuwah, he was burned, his wife killed, and his daughter to be taken to the house of prostitutes. This is in the Babylonian Talmud, in the tract Abuda Zara, chapter 1, page 31. Because he used to express the name Yahuwah. And he did not use Adonai, as it is told to be read instead. In the Babylonian Talmud, tract Yoma, Day of Atonement, chapter 4, page 60, Yahuwah's name was replaced with Adonai. In the, ba- in the Babylonian Talmud, tract Megillah, 
chapter 3, page 64. They write down, it is forbidden to speak his name during prayers. It is forbidden to speak the name Yahuwah during prayers. In the Babylonian Talmud, tract Yoma, chapter 7, page 100, his name is not to be spoken outside of the temple. In the Babylonian Talmud, tract Sanhedrin, Supreme Council, chapter 7, page 166, it's blasphemous to speak Yahuwah's name. This is in the Babylonian Talmud. This is where the Kabbalah comes from. This is your your Revelation 2.9. They call themselves Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan. These are pretty much the, the priests and the scribes that crucified Yahushua. And in their Babylonian Talmud, tract Sanhedrin Supreme Council, chapter 7, page 166, they write, it's blasphemous to speak Yahuwah's name. In the Babylonian Talmud, footnotes, end of track, Sanhedrin, part 2, blotting out of Yahuwah's name in the scriptures. In the Babylonian Talmud, footnotes, end of track, Sanhedrin, part 2, blotting out of Yahuwah's name in the scriptures. In the Babylonian Talmud, chapter 7, page 167, non-Jews are forbidden to speak Yahuwah, El, Elohim, Eloah, El Shaddai, El Sabaot, El Sikenu, El Olam, El Mechadeshechem, El Rafa, El Rohi, El Nisi, El Shama, and so on, and so on, and so on. In the Babylonian Talmud, chapter 7, page 166, death to the one who speaks Yahuwah's name. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, I praise you, Yahuwah. I love you, Yahuwah. I will speak your name, Yahuwah. I will yell your name from on high, Yahuwah. Malachi chapter 2. If you do not hear and if you do not take it to heart to give esteem to my name, said Yahuwah of hosts, Yahuwah Sabaot, I shall send a curse upon you, and I shall curse your blessings, and indeed I have cursed them, because you do not take it to heart. Malachi 3.16, Then shall those who fear Yahuwah speak to one another, and Yahuwah shall listen and hear, and a book of remembrance will be written before him of those who fear Yahuwah and those who think upon his name. Hallelujah. And they shall be mine, said Yahuwah of hosts, on the day that I prepare a treasured possession, and I shall spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. And then you shall again see the difference between the righteous and the wrong. Between one who serves Elohim and one who does not serve him. Malachi 4. For look, the day shall come burning like a furnace. <laughs> For look, the day shall come burning like a furnace. Brothers and sisters, 
uh, climate change. Oh, climate been changing. Yes, sir. This is the main terrorist we got right now. Climate change. For look, the day shall come burning like a furnace. The biggest threat to the world right now is what? What did he say? Climate change. That's right. There's sure going to be a climate change, brothers and sisters. The climate change is a coming. Okay? And they are doing all they can to prepare for this specific climate change. And in Malachi 4, it tells us the climate change. For look, the day shall come burning like a furnace. And all the proud and every wrongdoer shall be stubble. You see, this is why they got to get ready for climate change. And the day that shall come shall burn them up, said Yahuwah of hosts, which leaves, which leaves them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, but to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and leap for joy like calves from the stall. And you shall trample the wrongdoers, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. You see, climate change is going to get them. And they shall be as ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, said Yahuwah Sabaoth. In the great scripture that everybody remembers for protection, Psalm 91, the great scripture, the great passage that everyone goes to for protection, the great passage, Psalm 91, that everyone likes to remember for protection, for when people are dying, when a thousand are dying at the right and 10,000 at the left and, 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 and pestilence and famines, they go to Psalm 91. They memorize it. They 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 they, re, they they repeat it over and over. Psalm ninety one first Psalm ninety one verse fourteen. Because he cleaves to me in love, therefore I deliver him. I set him on high because he has known my name. Well, what name is that? That's the name. That the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud, does not want people to say. It's the name that the Babylonian Talmud will put people to death if they say this name. That's the name that Yahushua was claiming. And they didn't want him to say it no more. So they wanted to put him to death and we saw what happened there. Because he cleaves to me in love, therefore I deliver him. I set him on high because he has known my name. When he calls on me, I answer him. I am with him in distress. I deliver him and esteem him. We are to know his name. We are to bless his name. We are to sing his name. We are to call upon his, his name. We are to declare his name. The Babylonian Talmud does not want us to declare his name. We are to declare his name. We are to trust in his name. Romans 9.17 For the scripture says to Pharaoh, 
For this same purpose I have raised you up to show my power in you. And that my name be declared in all the earth. Brothers and sisters, let us not be like the scribes and Pharisees. I know it's not traditional. But we need to break man's traditions. And some of these traditions that have been put in place from the Babylonian Talmud. It is time we know the truth. Today would probably be considered the occult, the the priests and Pharisees. The way they operated reminds me very much of today's occult. Let us not be like them. Let us not be like the false prophets. Let us hold dear the restored name. Let us not be rebellious like those that rebelled against Yahuwah. Let us look at Ezekiel 5. Thus said the Master Yahuwah, This is Yerushalayim, which I have set in the midst of the Gentiles, with the other lands all around her. But she rebelled against my right rulings, doing wrong more than the, more than the Gentiles, and my laws more than the lands all around her. For they have rejected my right rulings, and they have not walked in my laws. No, they make their own Babylonian Talmud laws, brothers and sisters. Therefore said the Master Yahuwah, because you have rebelled more than the Gentiles all around you, and have not walked in my laws, nor done my right rulings, nor even done according to the right rulings of the Gentiles all around you. Therefore thus said the Master Yahuwah, look, I myself am against you and shall execute judgments in your midst before the eyes of the Gentiles. And I shall do among you what I have never done, and the like of which I never do again because of all your abominations. Therefore fathers are going to eat their sons in your midst, and sons eat their fathers, and I shall execute judgments among you and scatter all your remnant to all the winds." Therefore, as I live, declares the Master Yahuwah, because you have defiled my set-apart place with all your disgusting matters and with all your abominations, therefore I also withdraw. And my eyes shall not pardon, nor shall I spare. One-third of you shall die of pestilence and be consumed with scarcity of food in your midst. And one-third shall fall by the sword all around you, and I shall scatter another third to all the winds and draw out a sword after them. And my displeasure shall be completed, and I shall bring my wrath to rest upon them, and I shall be eased. And they shall know that I, Yahuwah, have spoken in my ardor when I have completed my wrath upon them. And I shall make you a waste and a reproach among the Gentiles, that all around you before the eyes of all who pass by. And this shall be a reproach, an object of scorn, a warning, and an astonishment to the Gentiles that are all around you. When I execute judgments among you in displeasures, and in wrath and in heated chastisement, I, Yahuwah, have spoken. When I send against them the evil arrows of scarcity of food, which shall be for their destruction, when I, which I send to destroy you, I shall increase the scarcity of food upon you and cut off your supply of bread. And I shall send against you scarcity of food and evil beasts, and they shall bereave you, and pestilence and blood shall pass through you while I bring the sword against you. I, Yahuwah, have spoken. There is... 
Brothers and sisters, there is a museum in Israel. There is a museum in Israel. It sits up on a hill, up on a high hill. I think it's the main museum of Israel. And and guess what it's filled with, brothers and sisters? It's filled with idols and abominations, Baal, Molech, worship, all that stuff. All the stuff that the word of Yahuwah speaks against. They have this museum that represents Israel, and all those abominations are in there. They worship all these things of of what Yahuwah speaks about. You don't see you don't you don't see anything about Yahushua or Yahuwah in there. Well, you can. It's it's a it's against the Babylonian Talmud. They're not going to have that stuff in there. Because if they have that stuff in there, they they got to kill somebody because they ain't supposed to have it. And according to the Babylonian Talmud, they don't want it. And it's against their law. This museum sits on a high place. This museum sits on a high place with the altars. The altars are set up in in the high areas. In the high areas. And the word of Yahuwah came to me saying, Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. And you shall say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Master Yahuwah. Thus said the Master Yahuwah to the mountains, to the hills, to the, rev- to the ravines, and to the valleys. Look, I myself am bringing a sword against you, and I shall destroy your high places, and your altars shall be ruined, your sun pillars Shall be broken in pieces. What's that? What is it? Ra, sun god, Ra, Sunday, Ra. Your sun pillar shall be broken in pieces, and I shall make your slain fall in front of your idols, and lay the corpses of the children of Israel in front of their idols, and scatter your bones all around your altars. The Bible says, the Bible says, we are to destroy the idols. We are to destroy them, to to get rid of them, to burn them all up. And what do they do? They have them in their museum for all the world to see. For everyone that visits, oh, they got some, they got some, they got some terrible stuff, man. They got, oh gosh, they got this one, this one thing made out of wood. It's so ugly, but it's got a big phallus coming up. If you know what I mean, it, it, you know, it's got. It looks like a, it looks like a guy standing on top of another guy. And, and then you got the big old phallus shooting up. It's so disgusting. In all your dwelling places, the city shall be destroyed and the high places deserted so that your altars are broken and bear their punishment. And your idols shall be smashed and made to cease. And your sun pillars cut down and your works blotted out. And the slain shall fall in your midst and you shall know that I am Yahuwah. But I shall leave a remnant. Oh, hallelujah. But I shall leave a remnant. Brothers and sisters, right now there's a movement going on. The restored names of Yahuwah. The restored name of Yahushua. They're restoring the 12 tribes. They're restoring everything. The curse has been lifted. The the curse from Ezekiel 4. They're saying it's been lifted. and And it's gone. This is the jubilee year. The remnant. The remnant, the righteous sons and daughters of Yahuwah are rising, brothers and sisters. But I shall leave a remnant in that some of you shall escape the sword among the Gentiles. 
When you are scattered throughout the lands, brothers and sisters, there's always a remnant. There are always those that are set apart. Yahuwah shows his power and uses his set apart ones, his Kodesh, his Kodesh ones, his holy ones, what to do. Yahuwah saves his sanctified ones. Those that have not defiled themselves to the point of no return. Those that hold the name of Yahuwah in high esteem. Those that wake up in the morning seeking him. Those that go to bed speaking to him. These are his beloved. Do you go to sleep speaking to him? Do you wake up in the morning wanting to seek him, wanting to talk to him? Those that have been called to come out of the Babylonian system do this. Those that have been called out of the Babylonian system no longer look at the things of the earth. Those that have been called, those that are the Kodesh ones, the set-apart ones, the holy ones, those are the ones, we are the ones that want to seek him more, that want to know more, that want to know the truth, that want to know more revelations. Those that have been restored those that are going to be restored. How many out there want to be restored tonight? How many out there want restoration in their homes? How many out there want restoration in their minds, in their bodies, in their families? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I love you. I love you, Yahushua Mashiach. Do you want to be restored today? Do you want to be part of the bride? Do you want to be part of the remnant? Do you want to be his beautiful dove? <laughs> Do you want to be his beautiful dove? Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, Yahushua. Brothers and sisters, the other day I was leaving to work. It was a Thursday evening. Actually, this past Thursday evening I was going to work. And and as I was going to work, my wife she was taking the boys to soccer practice, and and I'm and I'm walking out the house about to get in my car, and my wife goes, "Oh look, look, honey, look at those pretty birds, right there by your car. Oh my gosh!" So I look. Actually, she only saw one bird. She said, "Look at that pretty bird right there by the car," and I look, and it was a dove. It was a, a one of those beautiful little doves. Oh, my gosh, it was so pretty, right? And, you know, I don't know if you guys heard uh, the teaching I did about the eagles. Well, <laughs> I have a thing for birds. <laughs> and, you know, the Lord has a way of speaking to me, and, and, and he uses birds, brothers and sisters. This is, this is some unbelievable stuff here. I was I was about to get in my car and my wife is like, Oh look, look at that pretty bird. So I look and it's a beautiful little dove, right? So I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at this. So I run inside to get water. <laughs> I gotta give them water. We got the rivers of living water flowing out of us, brothers and sisters. I gotta let this rivers of living water flow. So I go inside to get a little thing to put water in. And I come back out and, and, and the little dove and I and I bend down and, and this dove didn't even move. So I bend down to put the water thing down there. Oh my gosh, it's another dove. It was two doves. 
It was like a it was a bigger one and a smaller one. I think it was the husband and wife. <laughs> so it was these two doves just sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I just was looking at them for a little bit, you know, and then I, I had to do my little dove sound. Hold up, hold up. I had to do my little dove sound, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Brothers and sisters, doves. Doves are a year-round symbol of peace. Doves represent faithfulness and loyalty when it comes to relationships. Male doves also help their female partners incubate and care for their young, which helps their image as devoted, faithful Monogamous, loving birds, brothers and sisters. The dove. Oh, hallelujah. Hold on a second. Let me go get my 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 word. Hold on. So, so we got these doves. You know, and and I'm just, you know, so I'm driving to work. You know, I did, at the time I didn't know, you know, that doves were were so faithful and so loyal that usually the male and female dove are together forever. You know, they have a, a very very remarkable relationship. You know, so I'm at work, and and I'm. I work nights right now and I throughout the night I listen to teachings as I'm working I listen to archived teachings I listen to anointed teachings I listen to all kinds of stuff and um so I I put on uh my mentor uh my pastor Augusto Perez and um I'm listening to his his teaching and 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 midway in the teaching, guess what he starts talking about? <laughs> the man starts talking about dubs. Okay, so by this by this point, I'm I'm pretty much falling out my chair. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I just seen two beautiful dubs. Um, before I left to work, they were right there by my house. I fed them water. You know, we got the rivers of living water coming out of us. So I got to give them water. And then I get to work. It's 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 about 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm listening. And, and what does he start talking about? Doves. Okay? At this point, I'm pretty much like, what? Okay, Lord, you got my attention now. Um, I'm, I'm focused 100%. You know, uh, I'm just like pretty much floored. I got to get a spatula. To, to pick up my jaw off the floor, you know. So we go here to Song of Solomon, okay, chapter 2. This is such a beautiful message here. Basically, it's, it's, it's our bridegroom talking about the bride, and he's describing her as a beautiful dove. Behold, 
Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 11 Behold The winter weather is pa- And and I just gotta tell you I mean we're right in this season Brothers and sisters this is right now This is the season Okay I mean how much more uh, Pinpoint accuracy crystal clear Message is Ruach HaGodesh gonna give me Right <laughs> So I'm sharing this with y'all cause you you guys are going to love this and, and this message is for you Because you come on here Weekend after weekend Day after day Coming on the Lord's hour That the Lord has put through me Has flowed through me The Holy Spirit flowed this message And, and pretty much floored me At the same time So receive this you as well My brothers and sisters Kodeshim Beloved Behold the winter weather is past. The downpour is past. The flowers are seen in the land. The time of pruning has attained. And the sound of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs. And the vines with the tender grape give scent. Arise, my lovely shepherdess. And come away, my dove. Let me see you in the encircling of the crag, in the concealment of the cliff, and the appearance of you. Let me hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice, brothers and sisters. He wants to hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet, and it makes your appearance even more comely. Hold for us the foxes, the little foxes that harm the vineyards and our vineyards of vine blossoms. My darling is mine, and I am to him the one grazing among the lilies. Still, and the shadows flee away. Remit to him, submit to him, and the devil shall flee. Still the day blows in and the shadows flee away. Yet you, my darling, will be like a gazelle or the fawn of a deer on many mountains. Chapter 6, verse 8. There are 60 queens and 80 concubines and damsels without number. My dove is my flawless one, but my dove... You know, there's so many queens, there's so many concubines, there's so many damsels without number. They're all around. But his dove, his beloved dove. And he says in chapter 9, my flawless one. Who is out there trying to live a flawless life? Who's trying to live a blameless life? Who is out there trying to do the best they can? To please him To make him happy To not get him upset How many out there Fear him How many out there fear his name Hallelujah Only one of her mothers She is the pure one Of her that gave birth to her The daughters see her And bless her Yeah The queens and the concubines And they Shall praise her Hallelujah 
This is talking about the bride, brothers and sisters. Oh, thank you, Yahushua Mashiach. So, that's the dove, you know. I seen the doves before I went to work. I get a dove message while I'm at work. You know, so now birds are just, you know, we have eagles. We've had eagles. We have doves, you know. I mean, things are just popping off with these birds. And then, and then, brothers, <laughs> and then I get home, okay? <laughs> I get home. It's like, um, it's like uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. No, 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 6, about 6.15. I get home. You know, it's dark. There's dew. You can see the dew rising. You can see the the fog, right? It's all quiet. It's, it, it, it was like something out of a movie, okay? It was so quiet. You know, the darkness, the darkness can sometimes look so fake, like a like a stage setting or something. So it's it's dark and it's and it's foggy and the dew, right? And you don't hear nothing. There's you can't hear nothing. What do I hear? What am I hearing? Sisters, <laughs> the birds teach you how 
noises. Yes. Right before I go to bed, and I just told you everything that has happened, okay? I go to share some time with, with Yahuwah, Yahusha, Mashiach, Ruach, Hagodesh. And what does he tell me? The birds teach you how to sing my praises. Loud and strong and filled with joy. <laughs> the flowers, the trees, and the skies can all give you glimpses of the beauty that is waiting for you in heaven. As you walk through your day today, keep your eyes and ears fully open. Hints of heaven are all around you. <laughs> are you convinced yet, brothers and sisters? <laughs> but now Messiah has been raised from the dead and has become the first fruit of those having fallen asleep. For since death is through a man, resurrection of the dead is also through a man. For as all die in Adam, so also shall be made alive in Messiah. Hallelujah! Praise you, Mashiach Ruach HaGodesh. Messiah restores, brothers and sisters. Mashiach, Yahusha Mashiach restores, brothers and sisters. He restores his people, brothers and sisters. He wants to restore you, brothers and sisters. He wants to bring restoration, brothers and sisters. He wants to bring healing to your body, brothers and sisters. He wants to bring a newness of life. He wants you to forget the things of the past. He doesn't want you to worry about the past anymore, but he wants you to step in to the light. He wants you to, to, to be as gentle as a dove. He wants you to look all around you and look at his presence and enjoy his presence. He wants you to be faithful, like in a relationship as faithful as a dove, brothers and sisters. He wants you to be obedient he wants obedience, brothers and sisters. You see, because in obedience, it says in the word of Yahuwah, obedience is better than sacrifice. You see, sacrifice is a premeditated thing. Obedience is instant. Obedience is an instant reaction. Obedience is a way of life. Obedience is a way of living. By living in obedience is how the Spirit flows through you. By living in obedience is how the presence of Yahushua Mashiach flows through you and touches the people around you. By obedience is how He works in your life. By obedience is how you and Him intertwine as one. And he is in you and you are in him. And walking in obedience, people's lives are touched and restored. By obedience, you are restored, brothers and sisters. I got another story I want to share with you. It happened to me about uh, last, what's today said? It happened um, uh, not this past Monday, last, last Monday. I was again at my job and I was listening to another teaching 
And um, this brother was talking about restoration and forgetting about the past and all this stuff. And and at the end of this uh, anointed teach, take communion. And then also to do communion once I got home. Brothers and sisters, communion is a powerful thing. Communion, you're acknowledging the body of the Lord, Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh. Communion is a symbol of Him. Communion, you're acknowledging Him. And remember, you're doing it in remembrance of Him. You're, re- you're remembering the blood that He shed on the cross for us. His blood that was shed for our rest, for our healing, for our restoration. His body that was that was that was brutally beaten, that was torn, that was that by His stripes we are healed, brothers and sisters. I believe by taking communion, if we are, let's say, and, and this is what happened. I was at the jail, okay. At the jail is mentioned that, that property, the property before it became a jail, uh, it was uh, satanic rituals uh, being done there. Uh, sacrifices were done on that property. So I have been told. I have been told that that land had been defiled. Okay? And I have always wanted to, I have always wanted to take communion on a defiled land because I know by the bloodshed of Yahushua Mashiach, the blood of the Lamb, it will break the curse of evil. It will break any curses, any defilements. And we plead the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the blood by His blood. Curses are broken by His blood. Hexes are broken by His blood. Chains are broken by his blood. The enemy flees by the blood of the lamb. Curses are broken. So what happened was, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about this at the time, but I was being obedient. I just wanted to be obedient, okay? Because I wanted restoration. I'm trying to get a different job. I want a regular life. I'm looking for restoration. I'm looking for restoration in my home. I want peace. I want shalom beyond all understanding. So in in the act of obedience, I'm at work. I take a piece of bread. I took some juice. And right there, I was in in about 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm taking communion. At my job on this land that supposedly had been defiled. And, and I got to tell you, I've seen bloodshed in that jail. I've seen people try to kill themselves. I've seen people try to cut themselves. I've seen blood get shed by fighting, by brutal attacks. Even with some officers, they've been attacked. Blood has been shed. Okay? So... The land is defiled, but when I took communion there, it it was I felt a shift. I felt a, a shift. I felt shalom, like 
in my spirit, I felt like Yahuwah said, well done. I've I've told him in the past. I've I've always I always tell him I want you to say well done. I can't wait to hear you say well done. One day I I want to hear you say well done. I want to be the type of vessel. I want to be the type of son. I want to be a servant where you say well done, my son. How many people out there want them want Yahuwah to say well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Come into your mansion. How many out there want to say well done? Well, in the spirit, I I felt like I heard him say well done. And at that time, at four o'clock in the morning, after I took communion, I, I there was it, it felt like a shift in the atmosphere. It felt like the enemy was angry. Something had happened, brothers and sisters. And I had done this not premeditated. I had done this out of obedience. Out of wanting to be obedient to his calling. Obedient to what the Spirit says, brothers and sisters. Okay? So, the next day, I go into work. Okay? The next, and and also, um, part of that teaching was forget about the past. Don't worry about the past. You have been restored. You are renewed. You are restored. Everything is made new. So the next day I come into work. Okay, the very next night I go into work. And what happens? I get attacked. I was attacked by the security, the top security, a lieutenant. Uh, some things are going on there. Some very bad things are going on there. And and I had to write a report and 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 things were said. And and I and right then and there, I knew at that moment in time that what I have done the day before, when I acted in obedience and I took communion in that place, I knew at that point what was in front of me. And the enemy used one of his minions because this specific man is known to be on the opposite side of things, if you know what I mean. I, I, I pray for him. I pray that he comes to the light. I pray that that by now he should see that 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 I walk in the light because many things have happened to where um uh he's the one he's the one that came to me and told me that I couldn't hand out um uh teachings to the inmates anymore. He told me that, you know, I can't do this anymore. He told me this in the past, you know, and the and, and, and then he tried to bring up some stuff in the pamper. The night before this, I had been told, forget about the past. Don't worry about the past. Everything is behind you. You are restored. You are renewed. Okay? And the very next day, after I took, after I took communion in this place, the enemy was coming against me, trying to bring up my past, trying to rub my nose in the past, and try to make me feel like I had been uh, uh, given a, a, a blow to the head. He tried to take me down. He tried to take me out. But I knew where this was coming from. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that the shift has, had happened, that there was a shift in the atmosphere, that perhaps some curses had been broken, and for that, 
that same reason, the next day I go into work and I get attacked. My past was brought up. Things were said. And I knew right in that moment in time that, that what I had done out of obedience, because I acted out in obedience, not in premeditation, not in trying to sacrifice nothing, but in obedience, the Holy Spirit worked through me. Yahushua Mashiach flowed through me. He flowed through me. And he, 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 he shifted the atmosphere there. He, he did it in such a way that was so dynamic that the very next day, the enemy tried to bring me down. The enemy tried to confront me and take me down. But I didn't let him because I knew I knew what it was all about and and you know what on the day that I did I took the communion there and then I had realized exactly what had happened I I said I said to myself okay now get ready because the attack is going to come because the enemy's not happy because every time you act in obedience every time you do something and and it seems like you you got you got victory Victory in Jesus, my Savior. For well, yes. And then the enemy's gonna come and try to knock you down, and he did just that. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. The enemy comes just like when when Yahushua fasted, and then the enemy came to him and tried to knock him down. Well, I acted in obedience. The enemy came and tried to knock me down. You see, brothers and sisters, when you act in obedience. When you act in obedience, the atmosphere can shift. When you act in obedience, you can break strongholds. When you act in obedience, people's lives can be saved. When you act in obedience, the, the very presence of Yahushua Mashiach Ruach HaGodesh can flow through you. The powers, the spiritual gifts can flow through you when you act in obedience. Obedience is the key if you want Yahushua Mashiach to flow through you, brothers and sisters. Oh, hallelujah. Stay in me and I stay in you. As the branch is unable to bear fruit of itself unless it stays in the vine. So neither you unless you stay in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Some of your days are full of action, adventure, and challenge. Other other days are, well, ordinary. But don't let yourself be bored. Choose to be thankful for quiet days and then use them to spend extra
extra time with me. Invite me into your everyday tasks. Do everything as if you were doing it for me. Through it and through it all, enjoy simply being in my company. When you go through the activities of your day side by side with me, my life becomes woven together with yours. This means that you and I are so closely connected that my own life flows into you. And through you into the world around you. And that is the real secret of having a joy-filled life. I'll say that again. This means you and I are so closely connected that my own life flows into you. And through you into the world around you. And that is the real secret of having a joy-filled life, even on ordinary days. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the master and not to men. Seek Yahuwah and his strength. Seek his face always. And he will flow through you, touching people's lives, activating the gifts of Ruach HaGodesh. And every spirit that does not confess that Yahuwah, that Yahushua Mashiach has come in the flesh is not of Elohim. And this is the spirit of the anti-Mashiach, which you heard is coming and now is already in the world. You are of Elohim, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of Yahuwah Elohim. The one knowing Elohim hears us. He who is not of Elohim does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of the truth and the spirit of the delusion. Beloved ones, let us love one another because love is of Elohim. And everyone who loves has been born of Yahuwah Elohim and knows Yahuwah Elohim. The one who does not love does not know Elohim, for Elohim is love. By this, the love of Elohim was manifested in us, that Elohim has sent his only brought forth son into the world, in order that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved Elohim, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be an atoning offering for our sins. Everything that we've done wrong in our lives. Beloved ones, 
If Elohim so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen Elohim at any time. If we love one another, Elohim does stay in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we stay in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son, the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Yahushua is the Son of Elohim, Elohim stays in him, and he in Elohim. And we have known and believed the love that Elohim has for us. Elohim is love, and he who stays in love stays in Elohim. And Elohim in him. By this love has been perfected with us in order that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world world brothers and sisters if we stay in him he will stay in us his strength will be in us seek his face always and he will flow through you touching people's lives and activating the gifts of the Ruach Hagodesh brothers and sisters when you go through the activities of your day side by side with me my life becomes woven together with yours. This means you and I are so closely connected that my own life flows into you and through you into the world around you. And this is the secret of living a joy-filled life, even on ordinary days, brothers and sisters. You will be restored today, brothers and sisters. Kodeshim, you will be restored. When this show is over, when I am done talking, do your communion tonight. Do your communion this time. If you're listening in the archives, take a communion. Take your communion. Break any assignments, break any strongholds. Break any attacks the enemy is trying to come against you with. Do a communion. Take the bread. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our crookedness. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And then take the juice or wine for restoration. For if... Being enemies, we were restored to favor with Elohim through the death of his son. Much more having been restored to favor, we shall be saved by his life. You will be restored tonight. You will be restored today. If you listen to the archives and you do your communion after this in the act of obedience... In your obedience, you shall be restored. By acting in obedience, you shall be restored. You will, your favor will be restored. 
If you wanted more favor in your life, if you want favor from Yahuwah, if you want favor from Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh, if you want favor, take communion after this show is over. When you're in your, your secret place, in your quiet place, just you and Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh, in your quiet time with Him, just you and Him, just you and Him, take up the bread. Take up the bread and be restored. For you will be restored through the death of His Son. And not only this, but we also exalt in Elohim through our Master, Yahushua Messiah, through whom we have now received the restoration to favor. Brothers and sisters, be restored. Brothers and sisters, get your favor. The days are growing dark. The seasons are changing. The times, the ages are changing. We're going from age to age. Probably in the middle of the transitional period. Probably at the beginning of the transitional period. But we are in transition. Planet X, Planet 9, Wormwood, Planet whatever, Solar System, whatever is out there. And many of us believe that this is the wrath to come. I spoke about the wrath of Yahuwah earlier. Many believe this Planet 9, this Planet X, this this uh, Planet Nibiru, many believe this is the wrath to come because of the defilement and the abominations and the lawlessness and through him to completely restore to favor all unto himself, whether on earth or in the heavens, having made peace through the blood of his stake. And you who once were estranged and enemies in the mind by wicked works, but now he has completely restored to favor he will restore you, brothers and sisters. Be restored. And now pick up your armor of light and join us. Join the Koshim. Welcome to the army of Yahuwah Sabaoth. Welcome to the army of Yahuwah, the Holy of Holies, the host of heaven's armies. Because whether you believe it or not, we are in a battle. The battle for the souls. The enemy is trying to take as many souls as he can. People, the manifestation of, of the evilness, the manifestation of the serpents and the dragons are coming, are surfacing. We're seeing people we're seeing people changing their images. We're seeing people changing their the way they look to look like serpents, to look like like dragons, to look like demons, to look like reptilians. People are changing their image, brothers and sisters. We are seeing the very manifestation of the serpent seed coming full swing. People are changing. People are tattooing. People are coloring themselves to look like serpents, to look like reptiles, to look like dragons, brothers and sisters. It is time that we be restored and you walk in boldness 
in the day of judgment. What did I say in Malachi? What was it? Malachi 4. We need to be restored and walk in boldness for the days of judgment. The wrath is upon us, brothers and sisters. Be restored. Take your communion tonight. Take your communion after the show. Be restored. And be ready to pick up your armor of light. Be ready to put on your armor. And and join us in prayers. Join us in intercessory prayers. Pray for the defiled land. Pray for the defiled people. Pray for those that have been deceived. Pray. Pray like before. Moan and groan for your loved ones. Brothers and sisters, stand in the spiritual realm for them. You see, Bernie Sanders isn't going to save nobody. Hillary Clinton isn't going to save nobody. Uh, Trump ain't going to save nobody, brothers and sisters. This is a spiritual battle. And only the blood of Yahusha Mashiach will be able to bring restoration. Only by the blood of Yahusha Mashiach, strongholds will be torn down. Chains will be broken. Favor will be restored. The prodigal son will come back. Only by the blood of Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh. Because, to be honest with you, he's angry. And I believe he's had enough. There's so much defilement and and the, the leaders of the world, the leaders of this land hold their heads up high in pride. And we all know that pride goes before the fall, brothers and sisters. We all know once they start building these Babylonian temples, these Tower of Baals, these Tower of Babels, we know the wrath is right around the corner. For when they built the Tower of Babel back in the days of Babylon, back in the days of, or should I say, ancient Babylon, Yahuwah had enough and he crushed them. He crushed the Tower of Babel. Well, we are at that point. They're trying to raise up. They're trying to build up their towers now. And when it gets to that time, that's when his wrath starts to come upon the land. That's when his anger starts to be displayed. And that's when the Kodeshim stand tall and boastful and with boldness and declare the word of Yahuwah. We declare the power of of Yahushua Mashiach Ruach HaGodesh. We declare the love of Yahushua Mashiach Ruach HaGodesh. And we shall see the wicked be set apart from the righteous. We will see the goats separated from the sheep. I praise you, O Yahuwah, with all my heart. I declare all your wonders. This is in Psalm 9, the ISR version, if you all want to read along. I praise you, O Yahuwah, with all my heart. I declare all your wonders. Rejoice and exalt in you. I rejoice and exalt in you. I sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before. 
For you executed my right and my cause. You sat on the throne judging in righteousness. You have rebuked the Gentiles. You have destroyed the wrong. You have wiped out their name forever and ever. The enemy is no more. Ruins everlasting. And you have uprooted the cities. Even their remembrance has perished. But Yahuwah abides forever. He is preparing his throne for judgment. And he judges the world in righteousness. He judges the peoples in straightness. And Yahuwah is a refuge for the crushed one. A refuge in time of distress. And those who know your name trust. And those who know your name. I started off with Proverbs 30. And what is his son's name? What is his name and what is his son's name, if you know it? Proverbs 30. And now we're here in Psalm 9. Where was I? Verse 10. And those who know your name trust in you. For you have not forsaken those who seek you. Oh, Yahweh, remember, this is a relationship like doves. The father dove, the male dove, does not forsake his female dove, his partner, forever. He does not forsake his partner forever. He does not forsake his bride. He's faithful and just to endure. He even takes care of the little ones. He nurtures them. He cares for them. And those who know your name, O Yahuwah, trust in you, for you have not forsaken those who seek you, O Yahuwah. Sing praises to Yahuwah who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples, for he remembers the seekers of bloodshed. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Show favor to me, O Yahuwah. You want to get your favor tonight, brothers and sisters? When I'm done here, take your communion. Show faith to me, O Yahweh. See my face by those who hate me, who lift me up from the gates of death, so that I declare all your praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I rejoice in your deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. The Gentiles have sunk down in the pit which they made the Gentiles have sunk down in the pit which they made brothers and sisters these people are making snares these people are trying to make traps these people are trying to entrap us they're trying to set us up they're trying to listen to everything we say They're trying to watch every move we make Every step we take They be watching us They're trying to watch everything we do They're trying to listen to everything we say They're trying to set a trap for us They have made a pit But you know what They're going to be sunk down in the pit that they made Brothers and sisters just like in the book of Esther, just like in the book of Esther, um, oh gosh, was it, was it, was it, who was the bad guy? Was it Mordecai? Uh, 
Was it Mordecai the bad guy in the book of Esther that wanted to kill, that was setting up traps, that made a way to kill him, that was setting up, what was he, setting up uh, things to hang him, or, 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 or like a lynch mob, and then who ended up dying in his own trap? That's right, the bad guy. The bad guy was making traps, and guess what? He died in his own trap. The Gentiles will sink down in the pit, which they made. They made it. They're going to sink down in it. In the net which they hid, in the net, in the snare which they hid, their own foot is caught. Their own foot is going to be caught in the net that they hide. They're trying to make nets. They're trying to make snares to catch us. Well, guess what? Their own foot is going to be caught. That's why it's important to be a Kodeshim. That's why it's important to be the dove. That's why it's important to be of the bride. That's why it's important to be filled with the, the rivers of living water. That's why it's important to be gentle as a dove. Because those that make the snares, those that make the nets and hide them, their own foot will be caught. Yahuwah has made himself known. He has done right ruling. The wrong is snared in the work of his own hands. The wrong, the evil, the wicked is snared in the work of their own hands. You see that? <laughs> They're snared in the work of their own hands. You know, these people, they try to look so proud. They put their heads up high, looking so arrogant. You know, they try to be so smart. They want to outsmart us. You know, they got all their riches. They're spending all their riches and all their money on ways to, to make us. Pridefully, so arrogantly, so nonchalantly. Hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty, what a mighty Yahushua Mashiach we have. What a mighty Savior we have that He gives us these words. That He gives us such precious words so we are not to fear. He gives us ahead of time warning. He gives us warnings ahead of time. He tells his people what's up before. He gives us the inside scoop. He has done right ruling. The wrong is snared in the work of his own hands. Hallelujah. What a mighty, mighty Yahuwah we serve. The wrong return to the grave. All the Gentiles that forget Elohim. For the needy is not always forgotten. Neither the expectancy of the poor lasts forever. Arise, O Yahweh. Do not let man prevail. Let the Gentiles be judged before your face. Put them in fear, O Yahweh. Let the Gentiles know. But they be hybrids for 
Are you know these fall under in their underground labs and their their underground this and their underground that you know who knows what these beings are who knows what they are who knows what they are? But I know what I am. I know that I am a restored son of Yahuwah. I am a restored servant of Yahusha Mashiach. I am I am a dove of the beloved. He's got the doves flying around me. He's got birds calling out to me. He's coming up to my house. Hallelujah. Praise you, Yahushua Mashiach. What a mighty father we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to read one more thing, and I'm going to leave you with this. Hallelujah. First Samuel 6, Yahuwah, Yahuwah kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and brings up. This is in First Samuel 2, starting in verse 6. Yahuwah kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and brings up. Yahuwah makes poor and makes rich. He brings How many out the tail and not the head? How many out there felt felt that they've been going under and not over? Well, it's time that we go over and not under. It is time we are at the head and not the tail. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. What throne is this? He makes them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are Yahuwah's. He has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his Kodeshim. He will keep the feet of his Kodeshim. And the wicked shall be silent. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of Yahuwah shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven of his anointed. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, oh my Yahuwah. What a wonderful, wonderful, loving, faithful Messiah we serve. What a wonderful Savior. I tell you, there's nothing more beautiful in this world than this relationship. There's nothing more beautiful and so profound to me than this relationship. You know, this is not... Brothers and sisters, does this sound like a religion to you? Does this sound like I'm teaching about some kind of religion of traditions, of doctrines, of men. Does this sound like a religion to you, brothers and sisters? <laughs> this is this ain't no religion, brothers, sisters. This is a relationship. This is 
with the Lord Yahush. This is what my Savior Yahushua Mashiach has given me. And this is what Yahuwah has brought forth. And this is what the Yaruah Kagodash has witnessed to my spirit in this time. This is by no means a religion. This is such a beautiful relationship. And I'm going to leave you with this song. This is the Song of Solomon. As we read today in the Song of Solomon in chapter 2 and chapter 6 about the dove. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry about the commercial inter- interruption while we're in this spirit. Oh, hallelujah. How many out there are already feeling restored, brothers and sisters? How many out there are already feeling restored and renewed? Don't forget to do your communion with him. Go, in, go into a quiet place. Go into a quiet place and take the bread. Take the bread and be restored. Take the bread and be healed by the stripes of his body, by the bruises on his body. Be healed, brothers and sisters. By the blood that he shed on the cross, be restored, brothers and sisters. Oh, hallelujah. Come running, come running.
Eric Dove covering him. I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live. Got a very interesting broadcast tonight. We did lose our sound and live stream there, and we uh, got you going here, though, to where you'll be able to see the broadcast there. I actually had to redo the broadcast. If you, anyway, if you have your Bible, let's go quickly over to Daniel chapter 11, verse 43. Now, this is speaking about the prince that shall come. And a little bit later, we will go into that, uh, go back to the scripture in Daniel chapter 9, just to review that. But starting here with verse 43, this is a biblical prophecy that is fulfilling itself. It is manifesting itself right before your eyes on a daily basis, and people don't even know. They don't even realize prophecy is being fulfilled. In verse 43 of chapter 11 says, But he shall have power over the treasuries of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. Now, who's that he? That is the prince that shall come. And he is over the gold and, and the, and the treasures. He's over the, over the treasures of gold and silver and over all precious things of Egypt. That's none other than the Pope of Rome. That is Italy itself. And you're going to find out the whole money trail. Follow that money trail and you'll find out who the guilty party is. And we're going to go into that very rapidly here. First of all, I'd like to take you there to some news articles that I copied and pasted here into my uh, WordPress here. Excuse me, my, my uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Word. And this article right here is one of the very most powerful ones here. It says, vast natural gas reserves discovered in Ethiopia. Uh, pipeline stretching from Ethiopia to Deyambute under construction. This was released on March the 27th of 2015. All right, now this pipeline that's being built there, it actually says that uh, Oramba Times, uh, is, is who actually did the article here, says Adidas Ababa, the vast reserves of natural gas recently discovered in Ethiopia drew particular attention to the international companies, a construction of gas pipelines stretching from the Arbaminich to uh, Diabute through Awasa and Diradawa is underway. Local Ethiopian newspaper reported. All right. Now, if they're constructing a natural gas pipeline, friends, then you have to keep in mind the knowing of the natural gases there has been known for quite some time, or they wouldn't be out there constructing a natural gas pipeline. All right. And now we went back with you guys not too long ago, and we discussed a lot of different key scriptures that have been that's been being fulfilled here in modern times. Let me just quickly show you another one here because I think it's very important that we stay on top of biblical prophecies that are going on. In Micah, uh, because everything is happening right now mostly in the Middle East, and we're going to go through these scriptures here that does deal with the Middle East. But Micah, actually in Micah chapter 7 here, I want to quickly take you to a scripture here, and this was one that has been fulfilled here in the last couple of years. Um, and so let me take you down to where that one is there, and let me open up my Bible here so I get to the right place there, so I don't miss it with you there. I've got, I've got everything marked there, but it's, I don't have it marked here. All right, uh, it's in verse 13. And the land shall be desolate for them that dwell therein because of the fruit of their doings. 
What land is going to be desolate? Well, we got to look at verse 12. There shall be a day when they shall come unto thee from Assyria, even the cities of Egypt, and from Egypt even unto the river, and from the sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain, and the land shall be desolate for them that dwell therein, because of the fruit of their doings. Assyria, by the way, friends, the modern-day Syria is in that region, the domain of ancient Assyria to begin with. Parts of also Iran and, and Jordan also encompassed that area back in biblical times. But it says that it would be desolate because of their own doings. That's because the United States went in there and created ISIS, uh, along, along with uh, some help with, the, with Israeli Mossad there that have actually helped govern the forces there that have caused an internal conflict, a, a civil war. We know, we know from John Stockwell, the former CIA head of director of operations there, who has stated that the United States is very well known for toppling democracies, perfectly good democracies, for whatever gain or purpose that they so desire. Well, that's what's happened in Syria. Bashar, Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, has had to endure several years now of civil unrest and civil war in his country thanks to the United States that wants to oust him. Well, we're going to find out why because Daniel clearly prophesies of why that this is going on. And anything back in here, we got all kinds of prophecies that we've talked about in recent broadcasts about these things that are, that are going on there in the Middle East. But of course, Russia has thrown, a, has thrown a monkey wrench in the whole program because Russia came in, and that was something that the Vatican was not thinking about. When I say the Vatican wasn't thinking about, you have to remember, I believe it's in the Apocalypse of Abraham, Abraham's apocalyptic writing speaks about how that the world would be bankrupt by the Roman soldiers in the latter days. The Roman soldiers? Well, that tells you clearly then that Rome is the one that's over the soldiers. And of course, Rome does carry a lot of heavy weight over NATO, the NATO forces, the United Nations. The Vatican has a lot of weight over all of this completely without, without any... <laughs> I mean, that's just facts, okay? Facts are facts. We can't, we can't ignore that. Now, let me take you real quick here before we jump back, uh, going back to Daniel here, to the prophecy in Daniel. We'll be dealing with a couple of things there in Daniel. I need to, uh, and we'll be going to Obadiah as well. Let's quickly get us back in here, chapter 11 here. We'll scoot right on down here to some of these verses in the bottom where we'll be picking up at. And uh, let's go back, though, to the articles, some of these articles that I brought out here. Now, another one here, another thing that we've seen here, that violent clashes in Ethiopia have broken out over a master plan to expand the Adidas, okay, the Adidas Ababa. Now, why do they need to expand the Adidas there? The Adidas is, of course, it's in Ethiopia. Remember, Adidas Ababa, let me, let me kind of, let's, let's, Make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see that. Men parade in the Ormoya region outside Adidas Ababa. This is the photograph here that, uh, from Reuters that they put up there. Now, I don't want to start a doctrine out of this, so please don't get a doctrine started. Brother Steve said this, but I thought it was kind of funny. The guy that's on the white horse there, doesn't he look like Barack Obama, President Obama? I tell you, he does. It's kind of funny. Anyway, though. Uh, the clashes that have broke out there, it's been very serious there in the region there. There's been a lot of people that have been killed already as a result of these clashes here. I'm going to blow this up so you can see a little bit better on the screen. At least 10 students are said to have been killed and hundreds injured during protests against the Ethiopian government's plans to expand the capital city into the surrounding farmland. According to the Human Rights Watch, 
The students were killed this week when security forces used excessive force and live ammunition to disperse the crowds. Uh, this here was, uh, says here that the students were protesting against a controversial proposal known as the Master Plan to expand Adidas Ababa into surrounding or Ormia State, which they say will threaten local farmers with mass evictions. Mass evictions? Why would they want to throw the Ethiopians out of their land? Well, remember what we just saw here. There is a huge amount of natural gas that was discovered in Ethiopia, and they're building that gas pipeline. And where does that happen to be at? It's in that very region there that we just now talked about, right there on your screen. And I'll highlight that up for you guys so you can see that a little bit better yourself. Adidas Ababa. So there is a reason then why they're going to do this mass eviction. Now you might say, well, Steve, that, that, there's no, you don't have any proof on that. You're just speculating. This is why they're doing it because you're looking at a Bible verse and saying that the Vatican's in behind the, the, the Ethiopia falling, falling at its steps. We're going to go into that in just a moment. You're going to find out how the Vatican historically has been responsible or complicit to the death of over a million Ethiopians as well as today displacing and causing the mass exodus of not only the Ethiopians and the refugees down in that area there, but as well as the Muslim neighborhoods and population, the Arabic people from Syria and other parts of the regions that have been dispersed and going to all over the world. All right, very sad situation indeed. So violent clashes are broken, breaking out, broken out in Ethiopia over the master plan to expand the Adidas. That's exactly what we're seeing happen. Now remember, the Vatican claims to be that world ruler. They claim to be the, 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 the main one over the world there. Let me move on down a little bit further here. All right. Um, this here. Now, I want you to see what the Vatican's official news is going on, that they're saying as well, because they're reporting about what's going on out there in Ethiopia, too. This is under the, the news of the Vatican News, official Vatican network. It says, Africa, Ethiopia, emergency in Ethiopia for tens of thousands of South Sudanese refugees, Adidas Ababa. Wow, that's right where we're at. There are between 72,000 to 100,000 South Sudanese refugees who have fled to Western Ethiopian region of Gambela, according to the estimates by some humanitarian organizations operating in the area. Clashes between government soldiers and rebels loyal to former South Sudanese Vice President Rick Mahar have forced several hundreds of thousands of internally displaced people and refugees into neighboring countries, primarily Ethiopia, to flee the humanitarian situation of refugees in Gambala region is a precarious and is getting worse day by day to, to, to the continuous arrival of new refugees. And this is what the Vatican is reporting on right here, okay? Now, it's interesting that the Vatican is reporting this like the way that they're reporting it, like this is a big bad thing going on in Ethiopia, and we're here to say this is creating a humanitarian problem. But yet... When we go back over here to the Bible, we see that the Bible clearly identifies the Vatican as the one that is causing the problem. All right? Now, let me, let me get over here right along with you here. Okay. So, 
That's in verse 42. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. And now we're seeing the Vatican, we're seeing other news agencies reporting about problems, settlement, unrest, violence going on there in Ethiopia. But friends, it's been going on a lot longer than just now. Why? Because the natural gas and stuff was discovered much earlier. There are, they've been building these pipelines. So that discovery was even earlier. And this is what's been going on in the Middle East as well. Huge discoveries of natural gas off the coast of Israel and off of the coast of Syria, as well as Egypt, have been discovered. And who do you think got the, the rights to get the natural gas uh, drilling rights off of Egypt? An Italian-based oil company got those rights. That's exactly right. Well, you might say, Steve, that's still not, in, uh, you're not implicating the Pope at that particular point. Well, you're right, we're not. So let's take a look at what's really going on, and then we're going to come back to the biblical side of this, and we're going to really backtrack a little bit in Daniel's prophecy of chapter 11, and we're going to bring it down with a grand finale for you here. All right, friends, let's go over here. We have a wonderful thing that is being put on right now. By the, by the Vatican, the Vatican and the World Bank partner to launch a year of mercy with St. Peter's Climate Change Light Show. That sounds like a wonderful thing that the Vatican's doing. The Pope of Rome has put this together. This was actually something that just come to pass. It happened, uh, says Rome, on December the 4th of 2015, the Catholic Church founded to shed the light of Christ on the world, has quite literally invited the world to shed its light on her. On December the 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, as well as the opening of the Extraordinary Jubilee of Mercy, Pope Francis has allowed the climate change partisans and population-controlled advocates to project a light show on the facade of the cupola of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, the most important church in the Catholic world, so as the inspired change around the climate crisis. The show, titled Illuminating Our Common Home, probably Illuminati, Our Common Home, will project onto St. Peter's images of our shared natural world in order to educate, inspire, and change around the climate crisis across generations, cultures, languages, religions, and class. States a press release about the event put on by, the, by one of the sponsors. The Vatican spokesperson for the event, Archbishop Rino Fischilia, the president of the Pontifical Council of the New Evangelicalization, called the event unique for its gender and for the fact that it is being displayed for the first time on such a significant backdrop. These illuminations will present images inspired by mercy of humanitary, of the natural world, and climate change, Francelica said. Francelica said that the light show of the Vatican is meant to link Pope Francis' environmental encyclical, Laudato Si, with United Nations Climate Change Conference uh, uh, currently underway in Paris. The Vatican has shown strong support for the conference. Having the show conclude the opening year of mercy celebrations also links the Pope's message about mercy to fighting climate change. That was officially, officially what is, it was done on the night there in Vatican City. As you can see, they were using the, the images there on front of St. Peter's Basilica to actually do this, which is really not St. Peter's, but that's what they call it, nonetheless. But what they did not tell you is just how wicked and evil the World Bank is. And the Pope of Rome has known this all along. 
and what's really been going on in Ethiopia, they've known all along as well. But the thing is, they would have you believe all these lies that we just shared with you here. They, they would rather you believe the lies that the Vatican has told you on their news program. They Oh, by the way, the Vatican did make sure that the so-called Ethiopian Christians that were killed in Libya that were all beheaded, this made world headlines. These Catholic boys that were beheaded by ISIS, of course ISIS is making its round not only in the Middle East but also down into Libya and even into Ethiopia. And they were beheading Catholic Christians. Why? To make it look like that they're the victim. Of course. They don't want you to know that the Vatican is very complicit with this huge refugees and humanitarian crisis that's going on. They don't want you to know about that. Okay, so let's go, let's go back and let's take a look at some things here. Like I said, this here, violent clashes in Ethiopia, the master plan to expand Adidas. And for what reason? Because of this natural gas reserve that's been discovered. They got to make way for it. And they might be broadening the city, not just for being able to do the natural gas, but maybe they need to build new buildings in there, you know, for the common good of Ethiopia, right? Well, let's take a look at what's really going on, what the Vatican really is supporting. This here was found on the World Bank. Uh, the website there is called the theworldbank.org. All right. And this article here, this was done by, by the way, friends, over 50 journalists were involved in putting this information together here. And I'm going to only highlight on a few things that, are, that is actually in this article here that I want to share with you. All right, but let's just, let's just kind of highlight. Transcript, Vatican Press Conference with World Bank Group President Jim Young uh, Kim. He says, I came here, uh, here specifically, oh, I'm sorry, this was not the article done by the 50. Uh, my apologies, friends. I need to take you to that article first. Uh, that, you know, no, let's go back here. All right. This here only shows, again, the Vatican's involvement. It's another, the World Bank, this is on their website, showing the Vatican's involvement with the World Bank is what we're looking at right here. The transcript, the Vatican press conference with World Bank Group President Jim, Jim Young Kim. It says here, Dr. Kim, thanks very much for coming. I came here specifically to speak with the Holy Father about some of the things that have been happening in the World Bank Group that affect the entire world and that are much in line with his stated priorities. As you may know, we have launched a target to end extreme poverty, that is people living on less than, uh, uh, let, me, let me blow this up again for you guys that are, that are watching here. Okay. As you may know, we have launched a target to end extreme poverty that is uh, people living on less than uh, U.S. $1.25 a day by 2030. That's awful gracious of you, isn't it? And that means to bring it below 3% of people in the world living in the extreme poverty. And we've done a lot of studies, and it turns out that it's going to be extremely hard to reach that target. Well, of course not. As long as you're keeping all the billionaires and millionaires all fat, and as long as the Vatican holds all the treasures of the world uh, in, in Vatican City and in the Vatican Bank and, of course, in the World Bank as well, and they won't release their funds, yeah, no one's ever going to make over $1.25 a day in these impoverished nations. Anyway, so, so the growth rates, especially inclusion of the poorest in growth, are going to have to be at levels that are higher than we've seen in the last 20 years. In other words, we have to grow more quickly, and we have to include more of the poor in growth if we're to reach that target. Sounds like a great thing, Mr. Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, Mr. Kim. 
Moreover, the second target that we have set is boosting shared prosperity. And by shared prosperity, we are going to follow the income growth of the bottom 40% of the population in developing countries. And we've now understood that throughout the world that if you leave, if you have GDP growth, but that don't include the bottom 40%, you built instability into your societies. We've seen this in the Arab Spring. We've seen this in Brazil and Turkey. Well, you helped create Arab Spring and you're creating the crisis in Ethiopia now. And so in many ways that the Holy Father has been saying about inclusion and poverty is exactly the same things as we have been saying. So I spoke with him at great length about our target to end poverty. I spoke with him also about our commitment to work in the most fragile and conflicted states. That was awfully nice of him, wasn't it? Awfully nice of him to say that. But let's see what the World Bank is really doing. All right, so we go down to another article in which we pulled up here. And that happens to be the Africa Ethiopian Emergency in Ethiopian for tens of thousands of South Sudanese refugees. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the African one. I mean, that's the, uh, the Vatican one. Here's the one we're looking for right here. This here, how the World Bank broke its promise to protect the poor. This is the article that has over 50 journalists that were a part of this. And some of these journalists that are named here, I want you to be able to see for yourself so you know that I'm not just making this up. Sasha Chabikin, uh, Ben Hallman, Michael Hudson, uh, Shane Shefflett, uh, uh, several of these, Gulia Afun, Mark Cabra, Anthony Langat, Jacob Kushner, Many, many different people were involved in putting this article together and doing the investigation on this about the World Bank's uh, system there. I highlighted some key information that I wanted to share with you. These are the key findings of the report, report itself. Over the last decade, projects funded by the World Bank have physically or economically displaced an estimated 3.4 million people, forcing them from their homes, taking their land, or damaging their livelihoods. World Bank has done this? Well, maybe that explains why we have a problem in Ethiopia right now of civil unrest. But of course, the Vatican is reporting that it's, it's some of the, for, it's, it's the, other, the, the former government, the, uh, the former president's rival people that are causing the problems. But it says here, the World Bank has regularly failed to live up to its own policies for protecting people harmed by projects it finances. The World Bank and its private sector lending arm, the International Finance Corp, have financed governments and companies accused of human rights violations such as rape, murder, and torture. In some cases, the lenders have continued to bankroll these borrowers after the evidence of abuses emerged. Ethiopian authorities diverted millions of dollars from a World Bank-supported project to fund a violent campaign of mass evictions, according to the former official who carried out the forced resettlement program. From 2009 to 2013, World Bank Group lenders pumped $50 billion into projects, graded the high risk for the irreversible or unprecedented social or environmental impacts, more than twice as much as the previous five-year span. I wonder why. You don't think it has anything to do with that natural gas pipeline that's underway, do you? I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. The bank's commitment, it says, is to do no harm to people or the environment. The World Bank has broken its promises or its promise. 
Over the past decade, the bank has regularly failed to enforce its rules with devastating consequences for some of the poorest and most vulnerable people. Oh, but isn't the Pope right there behind them? Oh, yes. Pope Francis, they had him a great facade out there to show that they're there for the environment and for the people. They're not the cause of any of the unrest because we can trust Vatican News for that. Vatican News tells us that's the former president of Ethiopia. They're the ones causing all the unrest. Maybe that's where all the money's going there. Maybe that's where all the bankroll is being given to the billions of dollars. Well, let's take a look at the scripture again. Let's go back to what the Bible says about this. Let's move up just a little bit. Let's go and take a serious look. Now, before, we, before I start here in the bottom here of, of Daniel's prophecy, chapter 11, we're, at, we're actually going to start at verse 36, but I need to run you up to verse 14. I'm going to share with you something that's going to blow you away, friends. Again, prophecy being fulfilled. Let's look at verse 13 first. And the king of the north shall again set forth a multitude greater than the former, and he shall come on at the end of times, even of years, with a great army and with much substance. But he's coming again? So I guess, Mr. Francis, when, you, you know, when the Pope before you, or the Pope before that, John Paul II, when they sent NATO and their allies in there to destroy Iraq, that wasn't enough. Wasn't enough oil fields. You, you got in there and caused the unrest and caused the Iraqis to go in there and, and to uh, invade Kuwait to justify a reason and, of course, do some more mass killings up there with the Kurds in the northern part of Iraq. Because why? You have to liberate this country. After all, you're one of your first, uh, uh, first Iraqi uh, arch, uh, not archbishop, but uh, cardinal, you, you, nominated, you, you actually promoted a cardinal from Iraq. That was really nice of you. But you destabilized the region, sent the United States in there. That king of the north, he goes in there and just ransacks the whole place. Destabilizes it. Then we find in verse 13, it says, And the king of the north shall again set forth a multitude greater than the former. That's your army. That's your Roman soldiers. Because remember, it was in the Apocalypse of Abraham, I believe is where this is written at, where it speaks about that, he will, that, that they will bankrupt the world with his Roman soldiers. Of course, not the Vatican, only the world. And you'll take the money from the wealthy and redistribute it to the poor. Doesn't that sound familiar, friends? Sure does, doesn't it? Anyway, and he shall come on at the end of times, even in the years, with a great army and with much substance. The end of years. Sounds like Jesus in Matthew 24, doesn't it? There shall be wars and rumors of war. We're going to go into that in just a little bit as well. Verse 14, And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the children of the violent among thy people shall lift themselves up to establish the vision, but they shall stumble. i got to translate this for you a little bit more accurately. It's pretty good. It's pretty good there. And King James, just let me repeat what it says in King James. This is where they translate it. And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall or fail. 
fall. I got fall. They shall fall. All right. Not too bad either. What's happening here? What is it actually saying in those Hebrew words that you see on your screen? We get down there and it says about also the children of the violent among thy people. See? What do we do here? I wish you could see my my highlighter here so you can see where we're at. Uvane, palatsi, uvane, and the sons, literally, and the sons of the wicked, or another way you could say, and the sons of the lawless ones, the sons of the lawless ones of your people, amcha, your people. All right? Then he goes on. Your people will try, they're going to try to marry the vision, and they will fail. You won't be able to make it happen. You see, what is he saying? The, your sons of your people are going to try. The lawless ones. If you look at the Gospel of the Holy Twelve or, or the Humane Gospel of Yeshua, these are some of the what, what's called the lost Gospels there. Many times, Jesus in this particular books here, and these, by the way, are the ones that we actually are quoted by the early church fathers. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at that time. They had the gospel of the Hebrew gospel of Matthew, which is the gospel of the Holy Twelve, and the gospel of the Evenites, which is the humane gospel of what is called today. That's the books that they had then, and they quoted from them. And then from that is where they brought together Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But anyway, Jesus always refers in there of the lawless ones. And he referred to the lawless ones as being the Orthodox Jews of today, or excuse me, of, of his time period. The ones that were in there doing the sacrificial service in the temple. Jesus called them the lawless ones. Why was he calling them that? Because Jesus believed that the prophecy that was written in, in the commandments that was given to Moses, thou shalt not kill, also included the animals. But that was taken out. And other things were added. We can go into that another time. I've got plenty of videos on that already. But the thing is, if, if offering the, the sacrifices of the animals was what God wanted, and it was what remitted Israel's sins, then there should have never been destruction of the temple in 70 AD because Israel did not fail to offer those sacrifices very faithfully all the way to the destruction of the temple. But Yeshua makes a very interesting comment when he says, if you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have killed the innocent. Now, some people believe that's a direct reference to himself. It was not. In the Hebrew Matthew, he says you would not have bound the guiltless. It's in the Hebrew plural speaking of the sacrificial animals. Now, it may make sense why Jeremiah actually says, and I'll just quickly, just for those that need to know it, let's just quickly look at that for those that, that may be not aware of this. Jeremiah clearly says in chapter 7, chapter 7, Jeremiah deals with this very thing as well. And he says here in verse 22, let's scroll you down real quick to verse 22 there. He says, For I spoke not unto your fathers. That's literally, for I spoke not to your fathers nor commanded them in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing I commanded, 
them saying, Hearken unto my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the way that I commanded you, that it may be well with you. Isn't it Isaiah that actually says that my father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? You know, Yeshua actually quoted that scripture as well. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you allowed the Pope of Rome to come in there. You allowed the Pope of Rome to come in there. And, and of course, Obadiah, what, what, what did Israel do? Now, let me, let me, I'm sorry, before I go to what the Pope of Rome did, let's real quick go back. We're going back to Daniel. Just like what we just read there. I want you to see that. See, what did he say there in verse 14? Chapter 11. I probably didn't hit on chapter 11 yet. Sorry about that. In verse 14, he says there, And in those times there shall many so stand against the king of the south, also the children of the violent, or the children of the lawless ones, sons of the lawless ones among thy people, shall lift themselves up. Literally uses the word marry in there. Enashaul is they shall marry. They shall, they're going to marry the vision. They want to marry the vision. In other words, they're, they're trying to bring it to pass. They're trying to make the vision of what? Of my Father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Not just that, but to bring a past the millennial reign where it speaks about in that day that all nations shall come into Jerusalem. They're trying to manufacture a prophecy. But it's not going to work. You want me to prove to you they're trying to manufacture that prophecy? Shimon Perez. See, because he says, Amcha, your people. He's speaking to Daniel. Your people. Paratsi Amcha. See, lawless, law, the, the sons of the lawless of your people, Daniel. Like Benjamin Netanyahu, Shimon Perez, and others in the Israeli government that have been working with Rome and allowing Rome to come in and take over Israel. You allowed it. You already did it. Let me show you right where you did it at. In Obadiah. We go to the book of Obadiah. We find out right there. Obadiah, chapter 1. There's only one chapter. You go down to the 16th verse, and what did you do? says, for as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. That may seem like nothing to you, but in, in Passover of 2014, what did the Pope of Rome do? He came and held a communion service in the upper room above King David's tomb. And, and what happened? Netanyahu's administration had already given Pope Benedict an official seat at King David's tomb back during his time as Antichrist on the seat. You made him the king of Israel, in other words. People look for, a, for, a, for a, a Jewish antichrist. You know, every pope is an antichrist. Every pope is. Anti-Christo. A substitute or one that is like Christ. Just like the word vicar of Christ actually means. He was also a raiser of taxes, too, if you look in Daniel, where the raiser of taxes, Pope Benedict was the raiser of taxes. He was the one that came out and officially started condemning all these rich, wealthy people that had their money hidden, Swiss banks and things like that. And sure enough, all these tax laws got passed, and they gathered all those people up, buddy, and they got their money back. He was your tax raiser. My God. But he, notice how it says about that tax raiser that would raise up? He would all of a sudden go off the scene for no, one's, uh, no particular reason, not because he dies or anything, just mysteriously he, he vanishes. And Pope Benedict just mysteriously retires. A lot of speculation in behind it, right? 
All right, so it says here, that is literally in the Hebrew masculine plural, which that tells me, for as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, this group here is men only. The Pope of Rome, in their own news broadcast, when they show themselves drinking there in the, in the upper room, and according to the broadcast, it was men only. But then it says in the next part of the sentence, after the little comma there, see? It says, it says, Al-Hakodeshi, on my holy mountain, which Mount Zion is identified in Obadiah as the holy mountain. So yes, it was on Mount Zion. It was in the upper room. It is by the Pope of Rome. It was men only in the first time they did it. Then it says, Ishatu kol hagoim, and they shall continually drink all the Gentiles. And that is gender-inclusive plural. And they've continued to do their masses, not just in the upper room. They even went in there and evicted the Jews out of King David's tomb and did a mass in there. You want to know why? They wanted to show the Jews that they had control. Now, that is where your prophecy, that's one of the examples of the prophecy that is being fulfilled right before your eyes, friends. I mean, my gosh, friends, I wish some people would wake up. Many of you guys do wake up. I, I don't want to condemn you guys. Many of you are waking up. And remember, Daniel, the prince that shall come in chapter 9. Remember what we said about that right there, chapter 9? Let's go down to, what is it, verse uh, was it verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall an anointed one be cut off no, but, and, and be no more. And the people of a prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The prince that shall come, that's your Antichrist spirit. He's not the anointed one. He's not the Mashiach, as it says here. Ikaret Mashiach. See? That was the anointed prince that is cut off. He's cut off in the midst of the week. See? Right there in the midst of that 70th week. And see, they're trying to manufacture. They're trying to make the... They're trying to fake a millennial reign. They're trying to fake all the nations that are going to come to Jerusalem. This is why they're trying to internationalize Jerusalem. This is why they're taking, and they're going to throw the Jews, they're going to evict the Jews out of Jerusalem. Guglio Miotti wrote that in an article uh, on Israel National News. Look it up. He said they're going to evict the Jews out of Jerusalem. This is what they're doing all these laws for, friends. All right? Now, going back to chapter 11. Again, verse 14, just to get it to stick, I want it to sink in there. See, also the children are also, uh, literally it says, and the sons, uvenei, but see, and the sons of the lawless of your people, Amcha, see, they will marry the vision. They're going to try to marry the vision. Or it's, you have to try to make sense for people to understand. So it says, they, they lift themselves up to establish the vision. But they shall stumble, or they shall fail, or they shall fall. So see, no matter how much you get the Jews involved in it, Mr. Pope of Rome, you're not going to succeed. God's already prophesied your fall. Now, let's go ahead and let's go down now. Verse 36. We're going to jump back into the Middle East and then come right back to Ethiopia with this. And the king shall do according to his will. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak strange things against the god of gods. And he shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that which is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the god of his fathers... And neither the desire of women nor any god shall he regard, for he shall magnify himself above all, above all. 
See, that's what Satan wanted to do. Satan wanted to be like God, wanted to be, sit in the temple of God and be worshipped as if he were God. So does the Pope of Rome. That's why he's called the Vicar of Christ. He takes the place of Christ. He is God on earth, in other words. All right? And see, he doesn't have any desire for women, not at all. See, now not like when Yeshua taught, like the, in, in the Qumran community, it wasn't all celibacy. But the men that wanted to be celibate were celibate, and those that wanted to be married were married. That's what Paul taught as well. Did he not? He said, I would that you all be as I am. And he was single. He said, but let every man have according to his gift. But the Vatican does it complete, absolute, no. If you're a priest, you can't get married. Period. End of subject. All right? Now, verse 38 but in his place shall, shall he honor the God of strongholds and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and costly things. That's because he makes all these idols to marry and everything. Costly things? I've been in the St. Peter's Basilica. They have a, they have a huge mural of, of Mary on the wall. And what do they do? It's studded with gigantic diamonds all the way around it. They're real diamonds too. They're real diamonds. See, but he doesn't acknowledge the God of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He doesn't acknowledge the true God of Israel. All right? And he shall deal. No, but remember, see, precious stones. And with precious stones, those are those diamonds that are in St. Peter's Basilica. And he shall deal with the strongest fortress with the help of a foreign God. You know what that is? Notice, and he shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign God. This is where he gets the Muslims involved. This is why Hezbollah is going to help him take over Israel. And this is why what Mahmoud Abbas is working with him. See, the Bible says also that he comes up strong with the small people, and also in Daniel chapter 11 here, the prince that shall come comes up strong with the small people. That was your Palestinians. But he also, he's strongest with a fortress with the help of a foreign God. That is their Allah. And Allah is not Akbar. He's not greater. He's inferior because it's the devil. It is not God. All right? That is Marduk. That is who he actually is worshiping now. Whom he shall acknowledge and shall increase glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for a price. I need to include maybe even in this video here if I had the time. I'll bring it up very soon. I, I, we did the, 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 the interview with Lionel Parkinson fascinating insight on who Marduk really was in the, in the Cyrus Cylinder, something that he worked on. His father worked on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Very interesting. He's a document examiner. We interviewed him, and I've been promising to bring that out. I've got to bring it out for you guys. Verse 40, And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass passes through. Yeah, they start to push against the Pope of Rome and he sends in the NATO forces to come in there and deal with all of you. He shall enter also into the beauteous, uh, beauteous land and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall be delivered out of his hand. Adam. Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon? Do you know? Let me just see if I can't real quick get something for you. Oh, really, I want you just to see something here. 
Now, Moab, that's Jordan. Ammon, the kingdom of Ammon is modern-day Syria. Can you guys see that on there? I hope you can. The kingdom of Ammon is modern-day Syria. Moab is Jordan. Well, the Pope of Rome's already got an alliance with Jordan. Kingdom of Edom, that's probably part of Jordan as well, and even parts of Israel cover that area there. Of course, the Vatican is Edom of today, right? So, so he doesn't conquer. He does not conquer the children of Ammon, Syria. Why? Because Russia moved in. That kind of threw him all off. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He's already sent the U.S. in there. They did the Benghazi thing and then they caused a civil unrest there. And, and President Putin asked the United States, do not kill Gaddafi. Oh, but why he was in the hands of the people there, they made sure they put a bullet in his head. Was the CIA present, Mr. Uh, Obama? Who knows? Now, it's an, an Italian oil company that has the drilling rights for your natural gas. Why isn't it the Egyptian oil company that has it? But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver. He's got power over all the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. Why? The money. The Pope of Rome, that's why you got a new world order coming. That's why you got a new world economic system coming. It's because he's going to have the power over all of it. You think those two keys on his flags don't represent both spiritual and political world power, world domination? It's exactly what it represents. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. What are you talking about there? The Libyans and the Ethiopians will be at his steps? So this is why we see Ethiopian authorities diverted millions of dollars from a World Bank-supported project to fund a violent campaign of mass evictions, according to the former officials who carried out the forced resettlement program. From 2009 to 2013, World Bank lenders pumped $50 billion into the projects, graded the highest risk for the irreversible, unprecedented social environmental impacts. Well, thank you, Pope Francis. Doesn't, isn't that what uh, Mr. Uh, Young Kim said, that the Vatican press conference with World Bank Group President Jim, Jim Young Kim? You're, you're working together. Isn't that why you had the World Bank to come there to the Vatican there and show you great facade about how great you were there at St. Peter's Basilica to do your light show? Yeah, you can't hide the light under a bushel. God will expose what you're doing. So we go back to the Word of God. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall affright, affright him. And he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and not only to take away many. It worries him. Because Russia came down. You see, this has been going on now for a couple of years now, several years. The U.S. has been working, supposedly bombing ISIS, getting nowhere. Only causing refugee crisis. Fulfilling Micah chapter 7. They caused that refugee crisis of their own doings. Send them all over the world. You cause the crisis down in Africa. They come across into Europe. You cause the crisis over there in, in Syria. They come through. They're all, and they're all coming to Europe. Why you got them all coming to Europe for? 
Maybe you want to in maybe you want to redistribute the wealth. Maybe that's your your idea. But the tidings out of the north, not the east. See China and Russia. See you're not sure so much about China. So you hurried up and got them in the IMF, International Monetary Fund. You got them in there to kind of hopefully they won't turn against you. So then you went on a fury. We saw that even with John Kerry's words the other day about Iran and Russia. He said the Assad regime, Basar al-Assad, the president of Syria, has to go. And he said, and if Iran and Russia don't go along with the plan, then we will know who the problem children are, and we'll deal with that. We'll have to, make, we'll have to do things that we don't want to do. This is what Mr. John Kerry had to say about President Putin and, of course, the Iranians. All right? And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and Botus, holy mountain, and he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Now we can think about Nathan's dream. He sees Russia and the NATO allies go to war with each other for about two weeks. That's why they're worried. After that, though, they do an alliance. Then they come against Israel to take the land. But that's where Adam comes to his end. And by the way, in closing, I want to share this with you here. Let's go back to Obadiah. I want to share something with you that is very fascinating to me. Verse 20. In the captivity of his host of the children of Israel that are among the Canaanites, even the Zarephath, in the captivity of Jerusalem, this is the Sepharadah. Excuse me, Sepharad, shall possess the cities of the south, and saviors or deliverers shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. That's why Rome has an end. Little Nathan, in his prophecy that he saw, what did he see? When the Mount of Olives split in half, he said these. These two that had died, when they raise up, the mountain splits. Right there when they raise up on the Mount of Olives. The two witnesses. But before they die, according to Revelation, they're going to prophesy for three and a half years. And according to what Nathan saw, when they, right when they raise up from the dead, because remember, when they die, according to Revelation, they send gifts one to another. They rejoice over the death of these two witnesses because it caused so much turmoil. Well, even right here, it says here, Ve'alu Mushoim. See? Bahatzion. The rivers shall come up upon Mount Zion. And they're going to preach the pure gospel. They're going to restore the holy way. They're going to bring back what Jeremiah was trying to preach, what Isaiah was trying to preach. It's not going to be pretty. The world will hate them. I hear so many of my brothers and sisters say, you know, I can't wait for them to come. Are people really sure they want them to come? I don't think they do. 